welcome to the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, aka The Whip Show. Your co-hosts, Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple and Devastating Daryl Pace, each and every week will bring in some of the top pro wrestlers from around the world. I'm talking WWE, WCW, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and more. So sit back, get your favorite drink, and listen to some great stories told by those amazing and sometimes crazy pro wrestling superstars. What's going on, everybody? I know we're a little late right now, so but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize. It ain't my fault. You know what I'm saying? It is the fault of the coach. Because as you can see, the word heavyweight champion, Mr. Joe Walker, is on the screen. The whip is on the screen, but who don't we see right now? I'm man, just saying. Here. I'm just saying. Man, all y'all can kiss my ass. <laughs> man, that's but anyway, guys, thank you. We're here for this very special edition of the Whip Show podcast. And I did want to bring in the other podcasters. So while they're doing that, uh, Joe, just kind of introduce yourself really quickly if they don't know and let them know about your show that you got, man. I'm the, the world heavyweight champion, Mr. Joe Walker. I've been a journalist for about oh, oh, closing in on 24 years. And I am the proud host of Railing, a uh, subdivision of the Whip Show, one of the many parts of the Whip Universe, the Whip Show Universe, the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast. And uh, on my show, I just kind of tell some stories related to and about wrestling and tie it into current events. And uh, I try to follow the lead of the, of the Whip Dog. Appreciate that, man. Thank you for being on the show. Joe, don't blow his head up, man. Oh, it's my God. Come on, man. He's already big hey, enough. Man. Look Listen, here. Man. I hear I hear, I hear no, you, no. Coach, but Whip Dog wanted to call this in the game, man. You got to give him some props, man. Listen, it is what it is. Well, as well, fans, be told. well fans, as y'all, y'all can hear him, but thank God you can't see him. We got the coach. So, Coach, at least talk since we can't see your ass. Man, look here, dude. What's up, man? Come on. I'm about to... Uh, I need to call up Zoom and see what the heck is going on, partner. Like, what the... They don't need to see you anyway, man. They just Let them just listen to you. They don't need to see you. Man, well, look, they, they don't need to see my prettiness. You know, it's all good. They're going to hear me. They're going to uh, definitely hear me. Well, man. Well, again, once again, guys, thank everybody for checking in with us right now on the Whip Show podcast. But, guys, as y'all both know, it been some crazy shit going on in the last couple of days, man. I mean, people have been retiring. People have been leaving the company. People have been silently let go. But we're going to start off right now with the big man, Vince McMahon, CEO, the founder of WWE, retired. What was it, Friday at like 4 o'clock Eastern time? Chuck. When, yeah. when, you, when you first heard about that, him retiring, man, what did you think about oh, there? Yeah. Oh, Lord. This one's got the world behind this guy. What's up, coach? Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, man. Look, this is my world, man. Y'all oh, just my trying to get, a, get another. Lord. <laughs> well, anyway, when you first heard about him retiring, um, what, what were you thinking, man? Did you think it like, well, what, do we, what were you thinking? Um, Him retiring is just, honestly, him, him trying to do damage control. 
that's all that was. Vince McMahon is very arrogant. He's a very arrogant person. Um, I thought that him popping up on Raw and SmackDown the last three, four weeks, however, how long is when when the first uh, allegation came out, um, it was a slap in the face. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this is mine. This is mine. I can do whatever I want. You know, but it's, it's just that whatever it, it, it was, it's about to come down the pipe. It was a lot more. And it's just him getting out. This is doing damage control. Doing damage control. That's that's all that was. Joe, when you heard about it, where were you at? And what did you think when you first heard Vince McMahon, who we've been watching for 100 years, man, since we was all little dogs, had retired from the WWE? I think I was cooking when it was broke, when I got the alert uh, via Twitter, I think. And, um, you know, I honestly was not surprised. First of all, I was not surprised at all. Um, like Coach said, damage control. The, the situation has really spiraled and it continued to spiral. And you feel like there's more coming. It doesn't look like there's going to show any signs of it getting better. But perhaps just worsening and um so i, I wasn't surprised at all uh, hearing it it immediately affected the childhood portion of me my childhood memories you know um what vince mcmahon as a creative person in professional wrestling has meant to my life since i was six years old but then the adult in me the adult me is like this guy is he is arrogant. He is immature. He's a lot of things that I think get brushed under the rug because of his contributions to the industry, because of the history he's made in entertainment, sports, and sports entertainment. And we don't want to gloss over the fact that he, he kind of comes across as not the nicest guy. Yeah. Oh, he ain't. He's not. And this would, this would, but this is what really got me thinking, though, guys. This was what I really started to marinate on after he retired. The character of Mr. McMahon, and then the person of Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. I think Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. that we see in interviews in the media, I think that is the character, and I think Mr. McMahon is more who he really is. That's what I think. You know what? I'm going to say this, man, and I'm glad you touched on that, man, because, and listen, I leave the trash talking to the coach. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of them guys, man, uh, Mark Henry, and this is not a knock towards them and all them cats, man, they try to say how Vince was such a good dude. And I, I, get, I agree. He gave them money. He done made them rich. But they can't cover up the fact the dog was on their ass. He definitely was Mr. McMahon. Like, there wasn't no... He, he made them boys earn every dollar they received, man. And they, uh, I don't know, man. And I'm on the same wavelength as you because you were saying that the childhood side of us, I'm going to be honest. And I said this on uh, my little blurb I did the other day. He, to people that didn't have no father, watching wrestling was our father. That was our babysitter for years. You know what I'm saying? So you grew up with this. But as you, like I said, when you get older and you kind of hear some of the stories, man, uh, I don't know. It's like you thank him for what he did to the business, but you definitely see. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Chuck, talk to me, man. 
I mean, you know, see, it kind of, I don't, I don't look at Vince McMahon like when, when, like when Hogan, Hogan was around Piper, you know, when they were doing the whole cartoon, doing the, 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 um, the early days with the ice cream bars, doing the whole WWE songs, grab them cakes, the, the, the junkyard dogs start coming up. I mean, I don't look at Vince McMahon like that. I started, McMahon didn't start to me becoming relevant until, until what, when Stone Cold got there, what was that, 95, no, yeah. 96. That's when you start, you know, I started looking at McMahon, but then for me, um, as you know, with me, me and my brother, it started, we started looking at things a little differently because when 96 hit, you know, we, we wrestling, you know, we, we trying to get in WWE, you know, our first, the first time that we met Vince, you know, we were sitting down eating and, 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 um, and, and him and the undertaker walked up, sat right across from us. And it was kind of like, Oh shit, that's, that's Vince. And it was a cool meeting, you know, and, you know, but prior to that, you know, I would hear stories from other black wrestlers on how Vince was behind the scenes. So that's what, you know, when, when, you know, like, yeah, I hear Mark, Mark would say his two cents about Vince. Um, and Mark got his reasons to support Vince. But again, you know, hearing through the grapevine through other people, you know, Vince was ass, especially towards, towards black wrestlers. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I look at it like it's no sentimental value to it. Okay. It's just like, damn, you know, damn, okay, he, he retired. You know, I'm curious of how, what direction it's going to go. Um, yes, a lot of the stuff that he had some very uh, memorable moments, you know, whether it was uh, him dealing with uh, Patterson and Briscoe and, 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 you know, getting those two formed, him doing the whole corporation thing. Uh, the whole, again, the thing he had going with uh, Stone Cold. Um, I think um, my last bit of uh, when when he had the dealings with um, Hulk Hogan and around the time he had that uh, feud going with Shane, that was it after that. That was what, middle 2000s? Yeah. yeah. You know, Vince ain't been relevant to me then. It's just like, hey, dude, tell your, 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 your people to stop tripping and sign me and my brother. That's how I'm looking There at you that. go, man. There you go, man. Be oh, before, no. before we continue, hey, I want to shout out Jeffrey Wayne Landis. He just checked in with us. And, oh, God, Brian Mead said, what up, Deshaun Whipple? About time you had a legend like Chuck Cole on the show, man. Fuck out of here. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay. Well, I, I get all that. Well, then, now, obviously, Triple H and Stephanie are going to move it to the forefront, and this guy, Nick Khan. Chuck, me and you done had a lot of talks behind the scenes about Nick Khan ass, man. What do you think, honestly? What Nick Khan done did, what a lot of people in the business can't do, he done moved his way up to co-CEO with Stephanie McMahon in the biggest wrestling promotion in the world, man. Well, just like I said to you privately, I'm going to say it to you publicly and for everybody to hear i think nick khan is a fucking scam artist and he is working with someone on that board 
there's no way in the world, like, okay, you got Vince McMahon, and this is that typical, you got Vince McMahon coming in, he's getting older, he's trying to do whatever it is that he's doing, and Khan is getting in his ear saying, hey, I can, I can, I can say this money, I can, I can, you know, you know, the profits, this, and, you know, he's all, he's doing all these different things, because he has McMahon's ear. Now, people need to realize and understand Triple H, okay, he had a heart condition, he had heart problems, but he had his power snatched. Behind the scenes, Triple H wasn't agreeing with what Vince was doing. Stephanie, Stephanie stuff started fading. And what, what, what happened before all this mess took place? Stephanie had a, what, as they say, what, a temporary uh, leave of absence or mm-hmm. something? You know, until all this mess started happening. So something was going on behind the scenes that they weren't liking. So now, uh, um, you know, as I told you, you get put in a situation where Vince didn't want them taking over and he's listening to Khan, but reality starts setting in like, hey, I'm about to, this been in my, my family, my, my father had this back in the 70s. Might've been late 60s, but I know definitely in the 70s and through the 80s before he bought it from his dad. So, hey, I might not want, I don't want this to lead a family. So now he started kind of waking up and doing things that he wasn't, he, he wasn't doing, a, a, you know, the previous month or two, three months, you know. But again, as I told you, Khan, if, if, if they never appointed Khan co-CEO, I would have I guaranteed you that he would have been fired by Christmas. Stephanie would have got his ass up out of there. And I'm still saying before, by Christmas, something's going to happen where he gets rolled up out of there. All this Whoa. is just, you know, it's somebody that he is in connection with on that board that got him moving him up the ladder. And, you know, because when you, when you, when you got a company like that now, you, it ain't just one person saying, Hey, you gone, you gone. You got people meeting, you know, they, they calling the shots. When somebody comes in new with a big you know, big, big salary like that, people, it has to be agreed on, agreed upon. Something's going on. He got somebody's ear. But, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to all come. You know, what do they say? What's in the dark will eventually come to light. He's going to get exposed because I think he the one that's been, you know, uh, uh, ratting out Vince's information. You know, because you've been saying that for the longest, man. Ain't nobody <laughs> on it. Come on. I mean, think about it, man. You got all no, these. Joe people. over there nodding his head. Joe nodding his head. Anybody agree with that one? <laughs> but, man, all these people. He didn't pay off all these chicks all these years, all this money. Now all of a sudden coming out, they ain't telling. They not they not saying nothing because I guarantee you, they didn't sign a disclosure saying that if you mention anything, any of this come out, you talk about this, you will get sued and you owe that money that, that was paid out to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing it somewhere. And it has to come from up top. It ain't no no low-level minion doing that. Yeah, yeah. Now, Joe. You heard what he was saying about Nick Khan, man. But I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was saying that Nick Khan, um, well, I don't know if you know this, but Nick Khan is actually really good friends with The Rock. And I know how, Joe, I know how you feel about The Rock, man. And also, I didn't know this. Somebody told me, I don't know how legit it was. I didn't go look it up. Nick Khan actually used to help promote pro wrestling Hawaii. That is what somebody said. Again, I don't know if that's a, a shoot or for real or not or whatever. But with that being said, man, what do you think about Nick Khan in this position, dog? Like, do you think he had a whole plan himself 
to kind of move through the ranks and yep. uh, move Vince out the way because, you know, that does happen in the corporate world. I used to work for a medical place, and we had hired a team to come in to try to fix the books. Same way like Nick Khan. Then we found out they really was only trying to lower the books to move the owner out the company. You know what I'm saying? So, but 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 Joe, what do you think about Nick Khan's movement in, in the company, man? I think it's, I think the most respectable thing that I can say without having any concrete information is that it's questionable. He, his ascension happened fast and it just kind of came out of nowhere. One day you didn't hear this guy's name and the next day you heard it all the time. And the next thing, he's in a high-ranking position. Now he's the co-CEO. Why? Is he really that good at what he does? That he's ascended that fast? We ahead of people who've had tenure in the company and who've also performed excellently, like, like, like Paul Levesque. How do you jump Triple H? Especially with the success and what he was able to do with NXT. His, his success his his management is proven so what what has this guy done to give him that boost so that, that's the best thing i can come up with this is it's questionable but as far as what uh you know what his motive is again i don't know the specifics and we won't we won't know until we know but listening to coach talk, um, I like the candor. Coach speaks very confidently about what he talks about. So me sitting here not in my head, I feel the rhythm. I feel the energy. I feel the passion in what he's saying. Coach has done something that I've never done. I've never been a professional wrestler before. Have I written about wrestling? Yes. Have I interviewed professional wrestlers? Yes. Have I covered professional wrestling events? Yes. I've never been in a ring. I've never had to deal with anything that goes on behind the scenes. And now I've never had this, the series of insider information that he has being a, being a wrestler. Same thing goes with you, Whip. I don't have the type of information in professional wrestling that you have because I don't have the experiences that you have. I'm strictly an outsider looking in, but I look at it from a fan's perspective. I look at it from a journalist's perspective, and I look at it from a human perspective. Human perspective tells me this is questionable. I'm an inner city kid I'm from Steve Heights. This dude is questionable. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, now I'm a big fan of Busted Open Radio. I, I say that all the time. I listen to him a lot. And one thing that they've been talking about lately is the change in WWE. How much yeah. will it change? Um, and Joe, I want you to step on this real quick before we and then we'll go to Chuck. Um, one of the guys on the show were saying that. Because of the way the structure of the company is, it, it's not going to just change tomorrow. People think that tomorrow is going to be a whole new WWE. If there is a change, it'll still be a slow, gradual change. I, I, I tend to believe that because no matter what they say, yes, Triple H did what he did with the black and gold brand. Stephanie feel how she feel. Um, and I don't know if y'all just heard. They said they actually moved Bruce Pritchard up officially to uh, head of talent. Uh, not head of talent relations. Head of creative. Not That's really. Garbage. I know, man. Oh, I, we go, I want you to talk about that, too, when we go to you. But, right. yeah, they, they literally just moved him up to head of talent relations. But, Joe, first, I want to go there. How much do you think, or 
how much do you think the WWE is going to change? And do you, what, if you were to think of a timeline from a fan's perspective, how long do you think that timeline would be? Decade. Oh, so it, it'll At be least. a minute. So it ain't going to be a second. Well, Vince McMahon has bought this company from his father. He's run this company creatively and professionally for generations, right? Yeah. Um, he has people, even though he's retired and moved on, he still has influence behind the scenes. Yep. And anybody who thinks that he doesn't, I think it would be misguided to think that. He still has influence over this company, even though he's just recently retired. And his influence is not going to go away overnight. His inf influence is not going to go away over the next couple of years. He still has people in that company that are going to be loyal to him and his vision, loyal to him and his opinions of how the company should be run. No matter how many people they interchange or what type of changes they try to implement, it's going to take a long time for his imprint on what WWE is to shift and go away. And when I say 10 years, I'm talking 10 years where it kind of starts to really change before it becomes the vision of someone else who is in charge to where the company begins to take on more of their personality, more of their direction, more of how they see things, how, they, how it should work. That's going to take a long time. Look how long it took for Triple H to change NXT. Facts. Think about that. Facts. Look at from, from OVW to, to the NXT branding to what it is today. I mean, look how long it took Triple H to change that. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be overnight. It's not gonna be overnight at all. Okay, okay. Now shout out to Crop Crop to Jonathan Crop. He just said commentators will get more freedom without Vince in their ear all the time. Chuck, what you think about that, man? That, that 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 that's true. That's well, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm gonna say this. And and Joe Joe hit the nail on the head when he said it's good dog. It's gonna take time. The only way things change in the WWE is when Pritchard gets gets get 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 let go. I know gets, you were not you were not a fan of Pritchard. No, at all, I'm not fan because he's coming back. Like okay, if this we are we talking in the nineties, the late nineties, the two thousands, okay, his stuff started getting stale. You know, in the middle teens, okay, you got to you got to bring somebody else up with 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 younger. Not saying that his ideas aren't good, but to me, this looks like Vince McMahon's last request and wanting Tom Pritchard in that position. Vince McMahon is still calling shots, dog, because that's that's his boy. And trust me, Pritchard is on the phone with Vince going over stuff and boom, boom, boom. Vince is still running it. He is still running it because he, and he's just using Pritchard. Guarantee, I guarantee you, because I've heard sometimes that Pritchard and Stephanie, Pritchard and Triple H, they didn't always see eye to eye with ideas. You know what I'm saying? If it's left up to Stephanie and and um, and and Triple H, Paul Heyman would have that position. Paul Lee had Paul Lee has mm. a way better mind than and than Pritchard, especially at this point. But when Paulie has been put into put given you know powers like that, it's always been Vince. 
has been the one to take it from him. And then he go, what does he do? He goes and appoints Pritchard to take over SmackDown when Paulie was running SmackDown. Because y'all remember, not to cut you off, but you remember Eric Bischoff for a minute had Raw and Paul E. Paul Heyman had SmackDown. But it only lasted for about what? Two months for both of them. But you said yeah. that was Vince. Make yeah, that's Vince. That was Vince. That was Vince. But why, but, you, but, why, but why bring them back then in the first place if he was going to cut their legs out? I mean, because you, you, again, you, you, got, you got stuff going on behind the scenes, and I'm quite sure you got Stephanie in his ear and saying, hey, do this and try to get this a try. And then and what happens if, if as soon as Vince doesn't see, it could be a week, two weeks, if he doesn't see TV ratings improving, if it's going down, then guess what? Vince is going to do what Vince does. He gonna, he's going to squash it and take over, take it over himself or appoint his people in position. But again, Pritchard being having the position that he has, to me, that's, that smells like Vince. All yeah, that's, that's nothing but Vince. And, and, and I'm, I guarantee you Vince is calling him and, and telling ideas, do it like this, do this. You will see like Austin theory. I like the kid. But it's it's no secret that Theory was 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 a project for Vince, right? If Austin Theory does not get squashed, if he's still getting the same push, Vince is still running that bus. You know what I'm saying? If if you still see the same things taking place, the same angles, the same people getting pushed on TV, Vince is still running it. He's still running it. But I, hey, that's. that's that's, you know, that's how I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. We got a question on the table again from Jonathan Will, Crop. Before you jump in. Okay, go ahead. Will, before you jump in, let me ask let me ask Coach something. Mm-hmm. Coach, do you think that it would be appropriate with this WWE situation to compare them to Hydra? You said to compare them it's to... It's a chop the head off, another head grows type mm. situation to, to um, Hydra. Ooh, you know what? You could, but I, I just think, man. You know, I I just think that he put Pritchard there. That I mean, that's his guy. That's always been his guy, his right hand man. Him and Kevin Dunn, and Kevin Dunn is still there. But I we don't know what kind of power Dunn is. But to put Pritchard at the highest level. Like yeah, he he you know Vince is still secretly running this, running it. It's just the ideas are going through Kevin. I mean not Kevin, but for Bruce Pritchard. But you know until until you get until you get Pritchard out of there, until you get done out of there, it's it's gonna be the same old same old. Yeah. I'm in agreement with that, man, and I, and I kind of like that analogy you just said, Joe, because like and even with even with Steph, I, I know they say Triple H is where he is. But understand, Steph is Vince's child. Do you understand? Y'all, I know y'all heard the stories before. Vince was tighter with Stephanie than he was with Shane, which is part of the reason Shane left before. Because Stephanie runs things, I, I hate to say it, but almost as a dictatorship like Vince. They always say this thing called chasing the hug. That's when a wrestler does what he can to try to get that, you did a good job, from Vince. They're going to start doing the same to the Stephanie because Stephanie's going to be on their ass too, man. And I also agree with what you said about Bruce Pritchard. Look, the, my problem with Bruce is this. He's been in the company two, three, four times, but he's also been let go. If he was that great, 
Why did he not have a straight 30-year tenure there? Why did he have to go get let go and go to Impact Wrestling and go to all these different places, man? That you know, that's just my thought about it. But before we go hmm. forward, we got a quick question, guys. I, I have some. I okay, have something so. on that. I got something on that. I, let me let me speak to that. Speak to that, Whip. Um, when you are, I guess I would say underling. I don't know if that's the right way, right thing to say, but an underling of Vince, right? And maybe he's done something performance-wise that maybe we are not aware of that Vince pushed him up. Maybe it has nothing to do with what we're seeing on TV, but something a little, something behind the scenes that we might not ever know. But maybe he was asked by Vince, you know, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And he didn't do it up to how, how, how well Vince wanted it done. Or maybe he didn't execute as properly as Vince wanted him to, and he was like, "Okay, you got to go." But then, as his time time away, that gave us some time to cool off. He's like, "Okay, yeah, you know, bow down and come back to bring it back." That's, I mean, for sure. Now, I will say this, Joe, and I, I think Chuck had attested this too. And I know you spoke on it a little bit earlier. Behind the scenes at pro wrestling is probably wilder. Than anything that we see on TV, man. Um, I could even tell you on a local independent level some of the stuff that I know I've seen that if it ever got out, you'd be like, bro, you know, you know what I mean? It's wildness. And the, the, the few couple times I've been backstage, I haven't been backstage as much as Chuck has, but I know I saw some stuff even then. You understand what I'm talking about? I've seen people get picked with. I've seen, listen, I, I'll tell this story. I remember Alberto Del Rio's old manager, uh, what was his name? Rick, Ricardo Rodriguez. Well, we're all in the back. At this time, he's he's already, he's on TV every week with him. and But they put him in the extras area with just us for whatever reason. You know, so we all back there kicking and obviously we wrestlers, we, you know, we're trying to be professional, but we're just kind of talking. Come to find out, they put him back there really to see if what we were talking about, to see if we were saying any bad-ish about the company while we were getting paid oh. for as an extra. You know what I'm saying? The man was there as a snitch because he was under contract. There was no reason for him to be back there. But we found out later on that was the purpose. And, you know, because they, 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 I remember they sold out United Center, but at that time we were doing SmackDown. It was at Joe Louis Arena. And it was only about 2,000 people there. Um, if you remember, Joe Louis Arena had held a, what, four or 5,000. And we were just making conversation about that. Next, and, and we found, and the thing, and the reason why I know it was some BS in the game, because not Nad, one of us, again, got called to be an extra. Normally, once you get into their system, even if they don't bring you in as a, and Chuck, I know you can attest to this, mm-hmm. even if you're not brought in as a contracted guy, when you're an extra, unless they have a, something against you, they usually bring you in every time they come to that damn city. True or false, Chuck? Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless, yeah, something, they, unless, unless they somebody says something about, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, you coming in within oh. 150 miles, if they 150 and 150 miles of you, you know, they calling you. So it's a lot of backstage mm. stuff. And it's, it's a story. And Chuck, since we talk about backstage stuff, I want you to tell one of you about, I do want to get to Crop's question right quick, and then we'll go back to that. But Crop does have a question. He said, now that Vince is gone, do you think there will be more script freedom? I, I assume that he means like the guys don't have to have that long ass sheet when they do their promos anymore, they'll kind of just have bullet points and be able to just flow. Uh, whoever wants to start start off with that. I mean, you know what? 
I want to say yes, but no. With with Pritchard being in charge, no, no. But and then you also have to understand, man. There ain't a lot of cats that can get on that microphone and talk. I mean, and they, they already sound like a. They sound worse than a you know than high schoolers in a high school play. You know, you you're not gonna have that. You're gonna find out quick. You 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 if they do it, they're gonna find out real quick who can survive and who can't. But I just don't see it right now. Not while Pritchard is still not not while he's in charge because that's 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 again that's Vince's guy. You know, that's Vince's guy. Joe, what what do you think about that? Do you think they will allow more script freedom? Would you like to see more script freedom, or do you already like kind of the way they go with the promo situation? No, I don't think there'll be more script freedom unless you're somebody that's got years and years of, of tenure that you're, uh, you get to the point where your creative input, the, the input is a little more accepted. I think everybody else is still going to, it's going to be scripted. And, and for that to change, like I was saying earlier, you know, that's another imprint of events and the way he runs, the way he runs the program. I just don't think that's something that's going to go away that quickly. Okay. Okay. Now, one other thing, like I said, with all this Vince downfall going on, this spiral, man. But and you know, we haven't really touched on the allegations, but that's already out there. Everybody already knows about that. So there's really no reason for us to go too deep into that. But um, like I said, it's been a lot of change. His other right hand man, John Laronitis, is out of here. Chuck. With another one of his fans gone, Coach, <laughs> what do you think about the people power? Ain't with the company no more. People power been there a million years too, man. Man, look, I just think that it was a person who got comfortable. He got cocky. You know, he's like, hey, I can, you know, I'm untouchable. I can do whatever I want. I'm the bosses. I'm one of the bosses' guys, you know, like whatever. Um, you know, Laurenitis, he, he, you know, I'll say this, man, our dealings with Laurenitis, I thought that, you know, if you go back and you look at his career, you know, I think, you know, you, you never knew that he was animals, little brother, I believe it was little brother, but you never knew that they were brothers, right? He gets into the business. What are they, what, what was that, that tag team? Uh, the dudes with attitudes, or the, Shane Douglas, the dynamic Shane. dudes. Yeah, there we go. The dynamic Douglas, dudes. Yeah, he never got over. Never got over. So wait what a is minute. Now wait a minute, Chuck. Coach, hold on. Not in America, but he got over. He did get over in Japan. But that's what I'm about to say. Okay. Johnny okay. Ace. Yeah. So he he here in America, he never got over. But he goes to Japan, and he started. You know, he started. Man, he started doing his thing. He started tagging. He was a longtime tag partner with Stan Hansen. He, I mean, he's a legend over there, a legend. So he comes back here, and now he gets this WWE, you know, position. And then this motherfucker kind of forgets that dude. You used to be them job, one of them jobbers. You used to be the dude on the low man on the totem pole. Don't walk your ass around here like you Ricky the Jack and fucking Steamboat. <laughs> like, so, like you aren't Anderson. See, like we used to look at those guys backstage. Like when Ricky said something, boom, we ear, we listening. When Aaron said something, we listening. You know what I'm saying? 
But guys like Johnny Ace, man, you 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 know you get a lot of those guys that were just jobbers back in the day, and then and they thump on their chest like, you know, like they just they were that deal, you know, and and that's how Johnny came off to me and my brother, like, dude, you you forgetting your humble start, your humble background where you started, you know how, you know, um, and and he he tried to come at us crazy one time and then like my brother kind of snapped back and then he kind of backed off but then each time he was like hey call bushwhacker look down in, in puerto rico tell him i told uh, tell him i said for you guys to call so it it i mean you know what johnny was doing man is like you know he, he being one of the one of the boys the locker room environment as they say and just doing dumb stuff you know because he felt that okay I'm not getting caught. Who going to tell? You know, I, I'm untouchable. And you right. see what somebody up up top told and everything that got down and he fired and like, like really, I don't care what's going on with his marriage, but got to deal with that too. <laughs> Shout out to Bella's mom, man. Shout out to Bella's mom. <laughs> them, them the biggest crooks around. Woo! I'm going to say it like it is, man. Come on, man. Messing around, sleeping with everybody until, the, oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Hey, and y'all want to hear this? Y'all want to hear this each and every week? Make sure you follow the coach's corner on the Web Show Pod. He got tons of it, just like this, man. Let, let me stop. <laughs> and get started on them, man, because it's a, it's a, it's quite a bit of them I get started on. But I'm, I'm. Let me stop. Hey, yo, see, it's been we talking about that. I want to go into this with you real quick, Joe. And I'm glad your show was called Railing again. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you check out. Uh, railing with the word heavyweight champion and everybody that's watching keep keep dropping them questions in the comments we here we'll we'll be here for another 10 minutes or so so drop them questions in the comments but joe and and this is a good question for you from the fans perspective aew uh ceo tony khan made a tweet and he made it a tweet reference at right i mean it was five minutes after vince retired he made a little tweet, a little jab, saying something to the degree of, "I thank you to all the AEW fans. I am now the longest tenured uh, a CEO in the world of professional wrestling. Thank you guys so much. I will see you on AEW Rampage. Mr. Joe Walker of ThisENT.com, what did you think as a fan? Did that bother you? Did it? Did, was it just a playful little uh, whimsical quip? What did you think about that type of uh, tweet like that from the CEO right after Vincent Man retired? I thought it was clever. And I also thought it was unnecessary. I am, I am, a, I am a huge fan of All Elite Wrestling. I, I, I like what, what Tony Khan is trying to do with the company. I like what he's trying to do with outreach for professional wrestling across the board. But I also think that Tony Khan needs to be quiet. I think he, I think he's way more vocal in the way that he should be. There's a time and a place for everything. I, I like when they have the media scrums, he sits there with, with all the different journalists from various publications and resources and answers questions and gives them some insight and gives them some behind the scenes. I think that's perfect. But sometimes he'll just jump on Twitter or during someone else's podcast as a guest and 
he just blurts this stuff that he just is like, dude, chill. Hold that. Certain things, whether he's thinking or not, man, don't say that, man. Be quiet. You, you're talking too much. Be quiet. So that's what I thought. I thought it was clever. So, I mean, if you think about it, like, oh, okay, I guess now he is. But was it appropriate? Was it a time and place for that? Nah. Yeah. Nah, bro, you was out of pocket. I, I want to ask that one. I want to ask the coach. He already smiling. Hold I want to ask the coach, what do you think about that? I'm a little scared of his response, man. I'm, all right. Come on, coach. I, I, I mean, you know what? Look, I, I, see, because this is, this is your show. This ain't mine. Me cut my video because man, look, I, I'm gonna rip off a four letter, a couple four letter words, all that. I mean, man, look, and 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 I'm gonna say this, you know, and the fact that okay, I respect that Joe likes AEW, and I respect that Whip, you might like AEW. Me personally, I think AEW is just a huge indie federation that is luckily being ran by a billionaire. Tony Khan's dad is running that. That he's filtering the money in there. He's being ran by a billionaire. Did you see the other day? Real, not real quick. Did you see the other day? I'm surprised. It was funny to me. AEW did a happy birthday for uh, the dad on their page. You did. Yeah. You got to because he the he the money man. But see, the the thing is this: what's that? Um, as a leader. Sometimes, I mean, it's sometimes best that you don't you don't need to be heard or seen. You know, you just stay behind the stage, stay on your lane, let the people that's under you I'll room a little do, you know, do their jobs. You know, let the people up under you do your job, do their jobs. Him making that tweet, that's he didn't need to do that. That that was just being a you being a smart ass. And honestly, like, dude, you ain't been involved in a wrestling business long enough. To make a you know make a make make a statement to tweet out something like that, I thought it was just like totally disrespectful, like and made itself look look like a, a buffoon, really. Yeah, I, I I I agree too. When I first saw it, I think I called you as soon as I saw it. I'm like, what's that all about, man? Keep just promote your show, and and I like and I'm with Joe. I'm actually I I like AEW to a degree. I, I'm not a AEW huge fan like the world is but I, I do like some of the stuff they do but i also think they need to just stay focused on them um I was, and this is me talking right now because from the beginning i was like it all sounds good we got an alternative rah 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 i like that let's go but you got to understand people love you at first but if you ever booked anything or worked anything after a year when people man i don't want to lose to him or this part, why is he the champ? One thing about pro wrestlers, whether we want to admit it or not, wrestlers are not only the biggest, some of the people, grown men with some of the biggest egos, they're also some of the most sensitive grown men in the entire world. They just are. Big you know what I'm saying? Whether we want to admit it or not. So it sounds good when everybody's on the same page, but when they're not, and that was my thing, I think that he, I think Tony tends to forget, man. He, he just tries to push this narrative that we're the greatest thing out there. But if anything, he's going to end up working with WWE, which is my next question, which is my next question before we get out of here. And Joe had to step away for a second, so we'll bring him right back when he gets back on. But, Chuck, do you think? Nope. Do you, 
Nope. 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 They, <laughs> no, because, Dude, because can I get it off to the people that's not watching to the audio people, man? Let me at least ask the question, man. It's gonna be nope. people listening to this audio. Go ahead. Do you think with the new regime in the WWE that they will uh, uh, at some point work with AEW? Hell no. You said, dude, what, 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 what did you say earlier? What did you say earlier? Stephanie McMahon is Vince's daughter. Stephanie, even though that everybody loves Stephanie, they like Stephanie, she's approachable, it, it, everything that you want in a leader, that's still Vince McMahon's daughter. She is still going to look at AEW like, huh, you're still beneath us, you can't touch, which they can't. I don't see it. I, like, put it like this. When over in Japan, have you, how many times have all Japan and New Japan worked together? You know oh, what I'm saying? But did they have them work together? I, I don't. I, I, in, in my, all my years. Not I think about it. All my years, I have never seen them work together, run a show together, none of that. Sheer talent, none of that. I've never seen them. I don't, I don't, I don't see that, man. I don't see that because WWE is going to still look at AEW like little brother. That if like they'll they'll look at him like, okay, why are we going to help little brother out to to increase their sponsorships, their to increase their television commercial revenue, to increase any kind of revenue? Why would they why, why would they do that? You know, Tony Khan doing AEW and him purchasing Ring of Honor that ain't hurting WWE. You know they got a whole long laundry list of of uh, um, you know uh, shows in their library. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna help them. That's 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 helping them more than anything. Mm, mm. Joe, would you like to see WWE and AEW work together at some point? And do you think if it does, because the few times that we have had um, wrestling leagues work together in the past, it ends up not being as great as people think because. One company doesn't want their champion to lose to the other company. But Joe, would you would you like to see that? And do you think at some point it would be able to work out and be uh, productive and good for the fans? That's an excellent question, Will. Uh, I have mixed emotions about it. Um, um, like when I think about wrestling promotions working together, I always go back to Rumble in the Rising Sun. And this was an event that I got to watch you know, with, with a cousin of mine. We grew up real close like brothers, man. And unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, passed away a, a, year, a year ago, excuse me. And um, it feels like a couple of years ago, but it was just a year ago. But um, so as a wrestling thing and thinking about and fantasizing about what could be it, that comes with a certain amount of emotional weight for me. So would I want to see something like that happen without him here to see it with me? Mm. I'm like, in that regard, I'm like, no, no. Like, um, I didn't watch Forbidden Door. And I didn't watch Forbidden Door because he's not here to mm. see that with me um do i listen to reviews and those 
type of things? Oh, yes. I like Simon Miller's ups and downs. We're blessed to have Simon take part in our 2020-20 questions interview series on this ENT.com. Was, was happy to have him be a part of that. It was great. Um, love ups and downs. But um, no, I didn't, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Death Before Dishonor. Not that this is a show. Here's a show where we got FTR against the Briscoes in a two out of three falls match for the tag titles, man. For the ring, these Ring of Honor tag titles. I would not know about Ring of Honor without my cousin. I know about the Briscoes because of my cousin. My cousin used to fantasy book these tag matches of different competitors against the Briscoes. Now this has happened. I, he's not here to see it. So that, so all that to say, New Day against the Young Bucks. That would be huge. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Because you're talking revenue, egos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want my team to lose your team. You know, all of that stuff. But as a fan, um, as a fan, part of me is like, would I like to see more unity in professional wrestling? Would I like to see some of this stuff happen without the egos ruining it all? And just let it be, it, honestly, be for the fans? Just give the fans something? they'll enjoy sure but the greater part of me the part of me that's been watching wrestling since i was six years old that my a lot of stuff that i didn't know i learned from my big cuz and now he's gone if any of that stuff would happen i'm just like i don't want it that was real man That, that that was real man and Salute to you and your cuz, by the way, man. For real, that's what's up, man. Um, real quick, I want to shout out Brock. He just commented. He said, hey, yo, Brock, you already know what it is. Too sweet, my baby, for life, man. It's for life. Um, I don't want to hold you guys up too much longer, man. We already been kind of going. And oh, guys- really? Re- really? <sighs> really? Hold on, Mr. Eastsider? Really? You don't want to hold? No, no. Wait a minute, partner. No, uh-uh. We were supposed to do this. Brock, you got us on here now, now. On here now, no, we gonna keep this rolling, big fella. <laughs> we gotta keep this rolling. And this is what this is what I gotta do. This is no. what I gotta deal with dealing with his ass, man. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start telling some stories around this. Piece. Okay, okay. Because I did say I want you what? to hit them with one of your backstage stories. We were talking about some of the stuff that go on backstage, man. I, and I want the fans to really listen to this. Take well, it, if we tell the one, I think he gonna tell. Well, I mean, before I, I before I ask you, I was gonna, you know, kind of jokingly say to to Joe, like when y'all was talking about the New Day versus the Young Bucks, like really, dog, if if we wanted to see midget wrestling, we can just we, we can find one of the local promotions. Shut up, man! I'm saying, man, come on, micro man. I mean, Kofi Kingston, the tallest one out of all four of them. I mean, come oh, on. Lord. There you go, man. Just tell you, just tell your backstage story, man. Hold on, wait. Coach, before you tell you, coach, before you tell your story, I got I got something for you and I got something for Whip. Oh, okay. Whip, I'm gonna go with you first. That legacy title belt that's hanging over your that's hanging behind you. I would very much at one of these upcoming shows be able to bring that belt with me. For sure. And for and sure. have it. For for one of these hosting gigs, I would really like to do that. 
Because you know, and I don't even know if I said this. I, I Joe actually was the ring announcer for Rigo Flores's promotion, Legacy Pro Wrestling, which I represent all the time with the belt. <laughs> I, and people always ask me, where's the belt? And I don't talk about it because Rigo ain't ran no shows in a minute. But for, for the little Easter egg, when people always ask, I mean, because I took it down to Dallas for WrestleMania. Wait, what is that belt? I just always kind of smile and shrug. But yes, <laughs> it's from Rigo's Pro Wrestling Promotion in Lansing. And the word heavyweight champion, Mr. Joe Walker, actually was his ring announcer for that show, man. Joe, you in Michigan? That was fun. Joe, are you in Michigan? Yes. Oh, big fella. Okay. Yes. He, he's in Lansing. Chuck, he's coach. He's in Lansing. Uh, hey, big fella. Um, I'm going to reach out to you, man. I got a show you need to come and come and check out Thursday if you can. So, so you you can see first first up close and personal, up close and personal. If you come down, <laughs> ticket, I got you. And matter of fact, I actually like that. And since, since you know, and fans, y'all just got to listen in right now. We actually all got a, a bit of a Lancet connection. Anyway, um, one of these days, we all gonna meet up when we up there last. Go grab some food, just chop it up, and we gonna go live together one day up there last. Oh, yeah. Y'all down for that? That's cool. I am. Yeah, we go, that'll, that'll be dope, man. That'll be dope. But anyway. Yeah. Now, Coach, what I got yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Coach, after list, listening to your listening to your show, um, I like that you don't shy away from any. Okay. So I'm, I'm asking of you right now, like all the allegations aside, all the allegations aside, um, Vince has done good things for the industry. He mm-hmm. has done good things for professional wrestlers on a personal and professional level. But I want to know, like, as a person, what do you think of him? And what has he done to the industry that has, with, without all this other stuff, that has actually hurt it in significant ways? Well... Vince, when Vince first came in, um, when he when he first bought it from his father, you had several territories. See, that's that's how NWA got so popular back in the day. You had you had different territories outside of you know you had the one big you know the NWA which was growing, but um, you know when you had the territories and you have this person you can go territory to territory and build it up and build it up when Vince took over he promised all those guys that he wasn't going to shut down the territories he was going to work with them to to keep the wrestling strong well Vince didn't do that Vince turned around and he he found like say junkyard dog he went down I think it was mid-south he he uh, um it was another couple I can't think of uh, um Oh, shucks. I know um, WCW got a lot of those guys staying. You know, he pulled the Ultimate uh, Vince pulled the Ultimate Warrior. But was that UWF? What was it called? Yeah, UWF. Yeah. Yep. So Vince went in and he, oh, is Joe off? No, he's on. He just turned the video okay. off for a second. He's no, uh, Vince went in and started taking top guys from these promotions. And it killed those promotions. It killed their business. It made them shut down because now Vince has taken their top stars and brought them into his company. So they had to shut down. 
that created that created a lot of tension. Vince didn't care because now at this point, he's putting his money up for WrestleMania. It's a, it's a success. Now he's rolling on, you know, everybody remember WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 was from three different sites. Mm-hmm. Was and pulls that off now. Mm-hmm. Three different sites. He got WrestleMania matches going on. Whole bunch of stuff. He pulls that off now. Makes even more money. He's pulling more stars. The only thing, only people that he wasn't touching were the folks down south. And that's that's when everybody down south started to agree to they're gonna band, you know, come together. And you know, NWA started, you know, uh the folks that would show up and the house shows are NWA. Now they're officially part of end you know, NWA slash WCW. Um Vince, you know, and I cut a pro, I did a, a video on this. Vince, the power that he had he was able to control people's lives. And I, and I, I, I talked to Whip about this. If you didn't play in Vince's court, he's screwing you over. He's messing you over. I'm sure, and I have to say allegedly, but, you, you know, but, <laughs> um, I, hey, look, hey, hey, look, hey, you come on over here, come mess around with, you know, Big Daddy Vince. I'll, I'll make all your dreams happen. Some, no, most, I won't say most, but you have those that did and those that didn't, you know, so it was a lot of stuff. And then, you know, you get with the, with the, with, with the blacks, black wrestlers. You remember everybody that came in, they had to either be dancing as my brother would call it, shucking and jiving. You got to bleach your hair blind. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you, 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 you have, it was things that was very stereotypical, you know, and I had, a, and, and usually I don't mention this guy's name who I'm about to mention, but it was a, it was a show that I just happened to be on with Ahmed Johnson. And Ahmed Johnson said that when he became intercontinental champion, you know, because at that time, like the last big muscle bound dude that you had in the WWF at the time, was Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. Ahmed Johnson comes along, and that was the one thing about Vince. Vince loved big, muscle-bound guys, especially at that time. And he said that, uh, you know, Ahmed told me, like, Vince said, hey, I need to talk to you. He said that they went on a, a, they went away from everybody, went on the whole other side of the arena. And he was telling me, like, man, I didn't know what this motherfucker was. I didn't know what he was going to pull. I didn't know what he was what he was up to and Vince says hey look I need you to help me market you I don't know how to market African-Americans I need help this is my background this is how I grew up this you know he broke a lot of stuff down which I you know want to go into like really mentioning so it, it made me look at things a little a lot differently when it came to 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 black mm-hmm. wrestlers, now you sense that you know you had the the rock, but if you notice with the rock success, how many times did they mention Rocky Johnson? It was always the mom and the Samoan family. Very rarely did they mention Rocky Johnson. You know when it came to um, you know when they brought Farouk in, 
remember that hot garbage that they brought Farouk in, looking like some damn Trojan man, and have him, have him. Uh, 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 um, I think it was Sonny at the time, I believe. You know, as his manager, you know, had him looking like a fool. I hate you know? that. Then yeah. when they did the nation, look what they did. The nation. You had all these, you know. Well, you know how it was. So he's. I don't know, you know, even with like New Day, like people sit and talk about New Day. Well, I give Kofi, Xavier Woods, and, and Biggie, like I give them so much respect because Vince, they were talking about making them the next. Um, Nation next, of Domination. Yeah. And they nicked the idea. So they put them in all the, oh, the positive or positivity and all this. And, you know, and, and we, every black person around looked at that, like, what kind of garbage is that? They, they gave them a bull jive gimmick. And those three young brothers took that gimmick, flipped it around and made it work. And they took it and ran with it. And it's the one thing about Vince McMahon. If you are making money for him, if you if you bringing in tickets, especially that merchandise, he is gonna push and push and push and keep pushing you and, and, and running in the ground, you know. But it's just that the things, how he went about things, it 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 it, it made a lot of people bitter. It uh, it screwed a lot of um, you know it, it screwed a lot of things. Like how many how many people like with WCW? Um, here's a true story regarding my brother and I. Um, it was one of those things, man, where we had like four or five, maybe six at the time, dark matches and guys are just kind of dragging their feet, dragging their feet. Like we don't know what's going on. So we, we called WCW, you know, Terry Taylor was in WWF and, and now he, he's in charge of, uh, uh um, talent relations over WCW. We called WCW, boom, we talking to, oh, yeah, Cole Brothers, okay, yeah, remember me talking, all right, well, you know, let, let me get situated, you know, we're going to see, and, and that's, you know, it was conversations going. Now, you, um, because of what was going on with wrestling at the time, you had, um, you know, you had these church goers, the Southern folks that, that was surrounding, you know, TBS didn't want that filth flying, flying filth on the television station. So it was a big beef and it was a thing with Ted Turner and, and um, Ted Turner was looking to sell. Eric Bischoff um, was going to, he was heading a group um, to buy uh, WCW from Ted Turner. And uh, um, it was a guy who used to book my brother and I when we first started in this business. Um, and he, has, he spoke to the guy about becoming a head writer for the light heavyweight division. And he had worked it where if they hired him, that he was going to get bring us in for whatever, whether it was a tryout or get us signed right away. All that stuff, he got hired. You know, he, tele he was telling folks like, yeah, I'm bringing the Cole brothers with me. By that time, Joe, man, like, okay, fuck WWF. We, if, they, if they don't want to call us, man, fuck them, man, whatever. We going to WCW. We got Harlem Heat down there. We're going to be just fine. And, dude, <laughs> maybe a week later, man, we get that news. 
Vince then bought WCW. Mm. You go and tell me what it's an ego thing, but what owner goes and buys another federation to make it no competition? You know what I'm saying? No competition. He shut down a lot of, he closed a, a lot of miles, kept a lot of miles from being fed doing that. Because now he's basically saying, hey, I want you, I want you. Oh, no, no, come on over here, Buff Bagwell. We're going to embarrass you, and then I'm going to kick you out of here. Nope, you, nope, I don't want you. I don't want I me. Mean, do, do you remember what he did to Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. On that very episode, he said, J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E. He said, well, now your name is G-double-O-N-E, gone. And he never signed Jeff Jarrett till 10 years later after TNA and all that. Like, yeah. And they act, you know, not to, but Jared, they asked him about that. And he said he trying to because he works for them now. Oh, well, I wasn't offended. He had to be. Man, he told like, you on live television, I'm not signing you. And he didn't. Yeah, he, he he closed a lot of miles, man. So it's just that mentality. Like to me, competition, a healthy competition makes the wrestling business healthy. And unfortunately, like I get, you know, like impact. Impact will will always be that third that third fiddle. They don't have they don't have enough backing, um, and then the people that they got running it that's a whole nother story. They a bunch of pieces of shits anyway. So, you know, I, okay, I forgot. Well, I'm on whips, uh, so I, I can't go into unfiltered. Yeah, I can't go into yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say no name, Scott Noor, piece of shit. Woo! Okay, <laughs> um, but but like AEW. You know, it's nothing wrong with 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 healthy healthy competition, but nobody will reach that that point and how WCW were, was because you actually had the wars, you actually had the 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 uh, the bidding wars on who was going to come with where you actually had people in place that had strong um, that had strong ideas and 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 be able to put together strong shows. You know, AEW, AEW, bless the hearts, but they're not at that WCW level. They don't have the right people in place because it's still, you can't go out and expect to make major money when you having blood matches and crazy ass Mick Foley type matches every week, every pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? So now if you, you do get big money sponsors, they're not going to want to, they're not going to want to be in bed with that, you know? So there's nothing wrong with the healthy, healthy competition. I'm, I know I'm getting long winded, but like Vince did, that's what Vince did. You know, he, 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 he shut down the competition. He kept a lot of miles from being fed and, and it was like a lot of resentment in, in, uh, um, I mean, and, and if you weren't, you know, like if you weren't a Vince guy, if you weren't like, like, couple times that we we had encounters with them i'm like like you know my brother and i in boots man we six three sixty three and a half you know my brother was legit 260 270 i was legit 245 250 so we looked apart so it was never you know where he would look at us look at us up and down and like no i mean we we had kind of you know quick conversations with him and you know like okay man we just you know, got through talking to the boss, the boss boss, you know, um, 
you know, so, but it, it was just, he, 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 he a different dude, man. He a different dude. He lived by his rules and his rules only. We got one more quick question on the table before we get go. Uh, wasn't AEW's first mission anyway was to get NXT moved to Tuesday? Do you think that was one of the uh, mission statements? Or one of the things they, do you think they purposely wanted to get them moved to Tuesday? And either one of y'all can answer that. Uh, you know what? I look at it, it, that. That was the competition. You know what I'm saying? AEW and NXT because basically they had the same kind of wrestlers and they were doing uh, NXT wasn't doing the same kind of things that AEW was doing, but they had the same kind of wrestlers. You had the smaller guys doing the more flips and more stunts and more more of the other action in the ring. It was it was the same thing, but like. Okay, if them saying that they won, like to me, it's it's like the little brother syndrome again. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat him on the head, like okay, we are gonna move, so we not, you know, we are gonna move to this. It's no big deal to us because we're we're money making machine, you know. Congrats to you guys, keep it moving. For sure, Joe. What do you think about that? Do you think that was uh? And once again, shout out to Crop, great question. Um, do you think that was one of their missions to try to get NXT moved? Um, I don't know if it was necessarily their mission to get it moved. I felt like it was their mission to prove that they they could compete on the same level. And I don't think that it was necessarily a win or lose situation. We're more of I, I told you so situation. If you say if you told me that I could only write 10 articles in a day and I wrote 15, or if I wrote 12, like I, you told me I can't, I can't even get close to that and I wrote eight or nine, like I, you know, it, it, it can be a moral victory. So that's kind of how I see it. Like they wanted to prove, they wanted to prove that they were competition and that even though you know maybe the you know the bigger company might have made it give, give you the perception that they weren't a threat, you saw in some of the moves that they were making it like there's some degree of concern. Mm, okay. And for them, that was validation. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, guys, we've had a good talk today, and again, like I said, Vinnie Mac, definitely. What's the word they say with John Cena? Polarizing. Vince McMahon is going to go down forever as one of the most polarizing characters. Like you said, Joe, you talked about it. He's done a lot of great things, but it's also going to be some things that, we, you know, and I hope, to, and I, this is not Vince, I hope this doesn't happen, but I've seen it. When somebody is so ingrained and so engrossed in one thing, once they retire, six months down the road, they might not even, they don't know what to do with themselves or something, you know. Vince, we pray that you're still here forever, man. And I know you retired, quote, quote. I know your ass better still be out there punching and kicking, Vince, somehow, some way. Well, you say what? He still works. I know. I know. That's what you keep saying, man. But before we get out of here, Joe, I want to let them know real quick again how they can check you out and what else you got got coming down the pike, man. Well, you can can follow me on, on Twitter at Mr. Joe Walker. Um, you can 
read or see things that I that I edit and publish every, every day on thisent.com. It's T-H-I-S-E-N-T.com. You can follow this ENT on all social media at this ENT1. And make sure that you are following and subscribe to the whip show. That's muy importante. Um, so you can see more episodes of railing coming down the pipe from me. But um, you know, I defer to these two, to the whip dog, to the coach. You need to be following them and listening to them. The interviews that Whip has with some of the people who are inside the wrestling industry that you might not have eyes on, I think is incredible. The Santana Jackson interview, it's incredible. The 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 Dusty Rhodes impersonator, I don't even know if you want to call him the, the Dusty Rhodes tribute person would be more accurate. Uh, it, it was incredible. And there's so much more that you go back into Whip's library, Vince Russo, and some other very notable people in the wrestling industry. I think you should check out those interviews. And then if if you're a person who just likes dialogue, listen to Coach. Listen to Coach. He's strong on his beliefs and his opinions, but be objective and just listen. Follow him. Subscribe. That's what I say. Salute for that, man. And y'all, don't let him try to downplay himself. Make sure y'all check out Railing. That last episode about Kevin Hart on Coda's Balls was a really, it was very thought-provoking, man. He kind of touched on base on what if Kevin Hart was in, a, in the pro wrestling world as a pro wrestling manager. A really good episode, man. It's about 15, 10 to 15 minutes, but make sure y'all go check that out as well. It's real good, man. Coach! <sighs> What's your crazy ass got coming up down the pike, man? I mean, I know some of them, but go ahead and let them know, well, man. <laughs> I, you know, um, just cut another another uh, video. Just um, waiting for uh, Whip Dog to, to do what he need to do to upload it. So you guys check that out. And it's just my thoughts on uh, behind the scenes. And, you know, people, um, you know, as, a, as I say that, if you're trying to get into, you know, the world of professional wrestling or sports entertainment, however your circle, you know, wants to call it, that you have to be very uh, mentally tough and strong um, and dealing with the, uh, the crap that goes on backstage. You know, uh, you have to be more tougher and more stronger than, than actually getting in the ring because you get, you deal with a whole lot of stuff, but just check that out. What I say, you know, and I don't, I don't, I, um, I don't pull any punches you know, and if I'm not mentioning any names, that's only because I don't want to get myself a whip dog sued. But, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat anything, you know. And, and yeah, you know, I, I got I got my share of stories, which, you know, will come out a time and two. But it's just, you know, the things that I see, it's a lot more stuff that goes on backstage that, you know, um, people don't don't realize and know what's happening. So, you know, just follow, listen, you know listen to everybody and you know enjoy enjoy what uh, whip is doing and bringing bringing guys uh with different opinions and different uh ideologies you know different backgrounds together so that's my good word so hey whip i need my uh 15 dollars for saying a good word to you too this, oh, lord and also guys if you yeah just check your cash out in about 10 oh, minutes hey oh, oh oh yeah yeah and, and and look you know i know you got i know you got um listeners here in the state of Michigan. Um, 
and uh, I will make sure that Whip Dog has his information because she should be at the show. But yes, in my 27 years, I am still doing shows and I have a show coming up this Thursday uh, in Berkeley, Michigan. So I'll make sure Whip Dog has that information posted if anybody wants to come, because I'm quite sure with all the bull jive that I'm talking, I got people wondering like, okay, but it, I want to go see the coach because he's doing a whole lot of talking. He's doing a whole lot of jaw jacking. I want to see if he's really this good. Yeah, folks, I am. I mean, I, I, I try to be humble, but yeah, I am. I, I'm that deal. So yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Y'all heard him, man. Oh, and can I just interject and say, if you do have, if you do disagree with something that Whip or Coach says, uh, don't approach them in the streets with that nonsense because they some big dudes. So <laughs> don't be no fool, okay? Oh yeah, I, I, man. Look, don't I had to no lay fool. down. Put, I had to put it down <laughs> when when I said what I said about Adam Cole, Adam Page. You know, uh, uh, what was that other sucker? Um, <laughs> that other sucker. Um, the Eddie what's, Eddie. What's oh, the name? Eddie Kingston. What he's talking Eddie about Kingston. the body shaming. I mean, I had to let folks know. Like, I need you guys to understand. Like, like, yeah, you know. I am 6'2". I am 240. I do train. I train. And you can think box, whether it's jujitsu, Muay Thai, I do train. So, yeah, I have a PhD in whooping ass. So, I, so don't do not do nothing stupid. We, we, we can talk like, you know, grown men. And you can hate me all you want because that's what I, that's my thing. I'd rather get booed by 18,000 be cheered by 500 any day. But just don't be, don't be crazy. <laughs> Don't be crazy. With that being said, y'all, thank you for checking us out. This is the very first live edition of the show we ever did, Roundtable. I like the way it went. We're going to kind of start implementing this from time to time, but make sure you check out the Whip Show podcast. Follow it. Subscribe. Check out this ENT. And like you said, if you're in Michigan, come out to Berkeley this, this Thursday. It's going to be a great show. Um, I, just, like, I just interviewed Santana Jackson on my show. He's going to be here. He's part of the MJ Live what? tribute concert. I ain't talking about you. I just interviewed. He's going to be here this Thursday. Kidding about Cole, Chuck, the coach. But he's going to be here. And also, I just saw they're going to do an after party with the wrestlers at the Green Ladder, Green Ladder Pizza. So you got a chance to come watch a great show. Who these guys? And they get to meet their crazy selves face-to-face man. after, man. Damn, the after party. You better be at the show. You know, I don't get given Damn, oh, oh, oh. I'm going to be there, man. I'm going to be there. I'm going to commentate. On time. On time. I don't know about all that. I'm a star, baby. I'm a on star. I, I get there when I get there. But on that note, thank you all for checking out the rest of the Heroes Inside the Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. See y'all next time. Take care, y'all.